Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. As we enter April, we are moving from the Pentateuch to the historical books, beginning with Joshua. The book of Joshua celebrates God's faithfulness as he leads God's people to enter, conquer, and possess the promised land. The faithfulness of God is upon display for all who read this book. Let's explore together how in Joshua, God was and is faithful to his promises and to his people. Knowing the place of this book within the biblical story helps us to grasp what it's all about. Joshua marks the beginning of a new section of the Old Testament. In the Christian arrangement of the Bible, it is the first book of the historical books, which tell the story of God's people in the land from the conquest to the exile and the return. Together, these books are a covenant history built on the covenant foundation of the Pentateuch. In other words, the nature and terms of the covenant relationship between God and his people is laid out in Genesis through Deuteronomy. Then we see how this relationship unfolds in history. While things start out well for the Israelites in Joshua, the overall story of the Israelites is one of failure. But for now, let's celebrate God's faithfulness in this first of the historical books. The book of Joshua stresses continuity with the Pentateuch, especially the book of Deuteronomy. God had promised Abraham and his descendants abundant descendants, the gift of the promised land, and a special relationship with God. What remains is for God to give the Israelites the land. God does this in the book of Joshua. Also, there is a continuation of leadership from Moses to Joshua. God had assigned Joshua as the new leader of his people after the death of Moses, which takes place at the end of Deuteronomy. You could say that Joshua is a new Moses of sorts. Through Joshua's leadership, God leads the Israelites to enter, conquer, and possess the promised land. In the first 12 chapters, the Israelites enter and conquer most of the land. The full takeover of the land will not happen until David's rule as a king a few hundred years later. Many readers of the Bible have trouble with the, the accounts of conquests in Joshua. However, it is important to emphasize that God was not only fulfilling his promise to Abraham and his descendants, but also bringing judgment on the inhabitants of the land. For this insight, read Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 4 through 9. The remaining part of the book, chapters 13 through 24, narrates the distribution of the conquered land and the renewal of God's covenant relationship with his people. Let us take a closer look at a couple verses from the end of the book of Joshua so we can explore more in depth what this book is all about. These two verses are Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Where? Joshua says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. 
Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. These two verses are part of Joshua's exhortation to God's people near the end of his life. Joshua's basic message is to serve God in faithfulness in response to God's faithfulness to them and keeping his covenant promises. It is shocking for readers to read that after all that God had done for the Israelites, they were still worshiping pagan gods from their earlier history as a people. These other pagan gods were from Mesopotamia, the area of the river, and Egyptian, Egypt, civilizations. Joshua exhorted them to fear the Lord. Fearing God is a summary of sort of what religion in the Old Testament is all about. They chose not to fear God, the one who had saved them and been faithful to his covenant relationship with him. Now, fearing God may seem like a strange idea since we're called to love God completely, right? But Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. If you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Fear is more about reverence than terror. Revering God means worshiping him alone. Throughout Israel's history, there would be a temptation for the Israelites to worship and serve the gods in the promised land and from other lands around them. God knew that this temptation would begin with the generation that conquered the promised land. So Joshua exhorted them to choose to serve the one true God. Joshua and his household had made this choice. In mentioning this choice, Joshua's intent was not to encourage the Israelites to choose service to pagan gods. Instead, Joshua knew that to serve God took intentional commitment. As we follow Jesus, we are responding to God's saving grace in Jesus. And this response takes intention and commitment. Consider Jesus' words to his first disciples in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38, where Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Following Jesus requires self-denial and taking up a cross-centered way of life. Jesus calls us to not live for ourselves, but to give of ourselves as we serve God in the power of God's Spirit. This sounds a lot like Joshua's words. Did you know that Jesus' name in Hebrew is Yeshua and is similar to Joshua? Jesus' name means the Lord is salvation or the Lord saves. We follow the one who is our Savior. God's people in Joshua's time were also called to follow their Savior, the Lord. 
Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign, to subscribe, or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.